do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's mm. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. This is Paul Arneberg, Director of Disciple by Doing, and Pastor Brent Compelin, Episode 31 of Roots and Branches. And this is Part 2 of Anxious to Peaceful, one of our transformational outcomes. So yeah. right away former baseball player that you are, Brent. Actually, <laughs> current, I mean, we can talk about baseball in the future too for you, but sure. you're not done yet, brother. Uh, but you're going to talk about the word shalom, which yeah. is the Hebrew word for peace. And I love to flesh out that biblical word, that wonderful, deep spiritual word, shalom, yeah. in the context of this two-parter on Anxious to Peaceful. Yeah, you alluded to some baseball there, which I love because uh, I'm hoping to play in a baseball team next summer. Yay! We'll see if that actually comes to fruition. It's you had to try out, didn't you? Uh, yeah, it's a it's like a 35 plus league. <laughs> uh, so um, I'm now considered, you know, a geriatric baseball league. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's going to be really fun. But yeah, nice. I love it. So yes, I love that passage. That Philippians mm. passage mm -hmm. really helps us to set the stage. And again, we're talking transformational outcomes comes today, and anxious to peaceful is what we're describing, because we live in this anxious age, and we want to be ones, as we ended the last episode, talking about the reality and the truth of the gospel, is to live in that truth, you know, in my heart, that I, I really understand my security, my, my restfulness in being a blood-bought child of God. Mm -hmm. But then I bring a non-anxious presence to an anxious world. Yes. That's part of the mission of what we're called to do, it I is. would say. It's a contextualized, unique, but certainly important way for us to bring and an, an amba be ambassadors and be a living witness to the gospel in this particular age at this particular moment in mm -hmm. time. Now, how do we... Um, where do we go when we talk about being a non-anxious presence? What's the biblical foundation of that? So that word shalom is critical. Mm -hmm. Here's a, a kind of a brief overview of that or like a way to understand shalom. Shalom's a Hebrew word. It means peace, but it doesn't just mean peace as a lack of violence or merely political peace. It's much more than that. Now, it does include that yes. in the definition. But you'll see across the Bible, when you see the word shalom come up in the original Hebrew, or, you know, as we translate that as the word peace, it does, it is used in terms of uh, treaties that are made and political peace and, and things of that sort. But there's this sense across, as the Old Testament unfolds, and as you see God working in and among his people, that one of the things that their God's people are called to and God works through his people to bring is a sense of shalom, wholeness, which is really the maybe a better definition than just merely lack of violence. Yes. Shalom means wholeness. It means the way things are supposed to be. It means all of the goodness of God and his ways, his design, his plan being brought to fruition. Yes. So shalom is like this all-encompassing sense of God's good intentions, God's good ways, God's good design being embodied and lived in. Mm -hmm. It's the true deeper peace that comes from uh, the ways that God has 
has called us as his people, redeemed us as his people, established us as his people, and we live under his authority and we exercise uh, in word and deed, thing, we do things to be fruitful for his glory. Yes. And one might say that the peace of God is so deep, yeah. it's rooted before the foundations of the world and its culmination will be on the new earth forever and ever yes. and ever. I'm just reading Revelation now toward the end of the calendar year because I read through the Bible every year and I love those descriptors in Revelation forever. He shall reign forever and ever. The holiday chorus is referred to last episode of Messiah. And so that just know people, it's not merely a daily peace, which it is, but it's rooted before eternity, or we may not say eternity past, and it's fruition is eternity future. That's how deep the peace of God is. And truth does surpass understanding. Yes. It's a great point because what, where... Where the sense of shalom, where the sense of perfection and wholeness and the goodness of God being manifest, it's rooted from eternity in the Trinity. Yes, amen. The triune God, I mean, this is where peace is not something that was invented. Ah. Peace isn't something that merely exists in the created order. It's derivative of and is ultimately reflection of the sense of the perfections of God Mm. in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit eternally existing in a unity of three divine persons Mm -hmm. in one. And so that sense is an overflow that even in the passage you read from Philippians, we hear about uh, the God of peace, Mm -hmm. that there's this sense of... Um, that God embodies, that God, God manifests, God is this source of the perfections of shalom mm-hmm. in and oh. of himself, overflowing into his creation. Yes, and I, I, you just triggered another uh, passage I wanted to read. It's Ephesians 2.14. This is from memory. He himself is our peace. Yes. Jesus is peace personified. Again, last episode I referred to Isaiah 9.6. I'm talking too quickly. Isaiah 9.6. You're speaking <laughs> of peace. By the way, we can talk about energy versus peace. Are those oxymorons? Uh, but Jesus himself is our peace. He is peace personified. So please don't think, listeners, theologically speaking, you cannot ultimately have peace without Jesus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to. Christ is the answer. He is the answer. Yeah. Capital T. Exactly. (laughs) So it's, you know, this this sense of shalom as it unfolds throughout the scriptures is um, God's work ultimately derived from and coming and flowing out of himself, his own being, Mm -hmm. expressed in his creation through his people, whom he has called and redeemed. And in the Old Testament, as we see that happen through Israel, we see Israel on their side of the bargain failing constantly. <laughs> they're they're constantly making these horrible, you know, or, or treaties that they shouldn't have been making with surrounding nations. Mm-hmm. They're failing to walk in obedience. They're fumbling around with idols. They're all kinds of ways, like not seeing the wholeness and goodness of God embodied in who they are and how they relate to one another and then to the world around them. Yes. So... Um, what we see then, as 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 we see that trajectory through the Old Testament, is that in the midst of that turmoil, we see the prophets looking ahead to a day when the ultimate peace mm. will come. This Prince of Peace, as we saw in Isaiah, and we quoted last time in Isaiah nine. Yes, this sense of the perfections of God's goodness and His peace being brought to fruition through the Messiah. Yes, who will be the perfect and true Israel, who will be the one who brings wholeness, and 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 wholeness in the sense of us um, 
of, of paying for, dying for our sin, of redeeming, uh, buying us from death, uh, moving us from death to life, uh, may, causing us to be born again by the Spirit, but then having a, a future hope of a resurrection body in a new heavens and new earth where mm. there'll be no more crying, mourning, pain, or death, or mm. evil. Yes. That's the ultimate peace and hope, as you mentioned earlier. So mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you, you uh, when you were speaking, I thought of John 8, when you uh-huh. talked about the prophets looked ahead and yeah. saw the peace of Christ. John 8 Uh, 56, your father Abraham, he's talking to the Jewish leaders here in John 8, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. And then they said, wait a minute, you're not even 50. You've seen Abraham? And Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And that's a claim to be God, one of his seven claims to be God. And so just Abraham was, he far preceded the prophets, uh, but then all the prophets also pointed to Christ. And that's why also it says in John 5, that if you believe Moses, you'd believe me because Moses wrote of me. So your point, I I love tying the Old Testament to the New Testament because that's the whole counsel of God. And they all point to the peace of Christ without whom even the Old Testament Testament saints wouldn't have peace. They had to trust in the future sacrifice of Christ to even be redeemed. And that goes all the way back to the earliest saints possible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's this, so this sense of the culminating work of God through uh, Christ Jesus to bring the, uh, to make possible God's peace to come. And, and and that's really, I mean, here we are. I mean, uh, whether you're listening to this right away when we drop it or maybe a few weeks later, we're a couple weeks out from Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things we celebrate in the incarnation Yes, is that here is the light of the world. Here is the peace of, it's God himself. It's the peace of God coming as a babe in a manger. Mm-hmm. And in this humble context, we see the only hope that we have for true and lasting peace, mm-hmm. and it's Jesus. And that is true and lasting peace, as you mentioned, in my inner being now as I'm born again of the Spirit. It's in the transformation that I see in my life day by day, but ultimately the the the, the full picture of that shalom is satisfied and fulfilled in the new heavens and new earth. Yes. That's the full trajectory. We're longing the, for that. Yes. Earnestly seeking that kingdom to come, as, he, as Hebrews 11 alludes to. Yes. And that's even a good challenge for you listeners. Do you crave that peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding from the God of peace through the Prince of Peace mm-hmm. <laughs> and with an ultimate future hope of perfect Shalom, perfect peace yes. in the new heavens and new earth. That's our that's our destiny. That's where we're headed as believers. Yes. And so I want to challenge you, like, do you crave that in the midst of an anxious culture? I certainly hope so. And we need to show other people that kind of a non-anxious presence. Yes. And believe it or not, listeners, we do actually plan a little bit of these podcasts. We're trying to get better. But as we speak on the fly, I believe the Holy Spirit at least impresses upon me. I know Brent too, but I will speak for myself. Yeah. I tend to be spontaneous when it comes to conversation. And and when you were talking just now, I was listening, yeah. but I thought of Isaiah 26.3. And here's a little story. Mm. Way back uh, in our early 20s, when Wendy and I were at Bethlehem Baptist downtown, there was a man named Doug Oyen who was trained actually through the Jesus people church in the 70s. Yeah. And then he was a pastor, really involved. Um, and and I don't think you mind me sharing this publicly because it was public when he shared it at Bethlehem, but his wife went through a depression for something like three years. And there was one verse, mm. and this could be another operative verse for anyone in the audience, whether or not you struggle with anxiety or you know someone that struggles with anxiety, which I think is everybody knows someone that struggles, struggles with anxiety. Yeah. Here's Isaiah 26.3. And this is what got Doug Oyen's wife out of her depression or kept her in the Lord in her depression. You will keep him in perfect 
peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And Uh there's that word trust. I use that word the end of episode 30, which again, I didn't plan on using that word trust, but trust is a wonderful, uh, I would say it is a benefit of peace, but it's also an interchangeable word with peace. When we have peace, we can trust. When we trust the Lord, we have peace. Isaiah 26.3 is another great anthem, and that precedes, uh, well, it's actually after Isaiah 9.6 when we hear about Jesus as the Prince of Peace. So think about that verse. If anyone struggles with anxiety, uh, Brent did allude to in episode 30 that we know there are our causes for the need for medication and the need for other, I would say, worldly effects that would make us more peace. But ultimately, even that is not going to ultimately satisfy. We yeah. need the peace of Christ and think about setting your mind on things above us, as it also says in Romans 8, 6, not on things of the earth, because the the uh, mindset on the death, excuse me, the mindset on the Flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. That's a, there's another peace verse. There's so yeah. many. Do a peace topical study sometime, people. Yeah. Yeah. The set your mind on things above. I think it's, that's Colossians 3. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. No worries. It, it, one of the things that was reminded me of also, just in terms, and, and again, uh, I'll, I'll say to pile on what you said in yeah. a good way, uh, that side note, I know that there's probably some of you listening that do struggle a lot with anxiety. Mm. So I hope you hear us dear brother or sister, mm-hmm. that um, there is a weightiness and gravity to that, mm-hmm. that it, it's, it, it can be something that is an ongoing thing. It can be something that, is, of course, we don't want to never make light, right? Nope. Or s- s- propose that there's a real easy, simple solution to coming out of depression. We know that that's not necessarily the case most of the time. Um, I know that there's been seasons especially in major turmoil or transition in my life where I found that there's been a few months or maybe more mm-hmm. where I know that I've had some mild depression because it's just times you just feel like you can't get out of the the doldrums. Yes. And so you remind yourself of, it's, it's so good to be immersed in God's word. Yes. And prayerful. And some of those times might feel not necessarily super inspiring, <laughs> mm-hmm. but to continue to remind yourself and be immersed in God's word so that you remind yourself of the, you're being reminded through the word, the living word, and by the spirit of things that are true from God's word. And then also to be immersed in a Christian community where there's people who love and care for you. Yes. Even if you find it hard to just get there. When you're depressed, it can be just so hard to even just feel motivated to get in the car and go. Yep. And I want to encourage you, if you're here as a member, regular attender of New Life, we we are now, because I really see just such a fruitful community, and we aspire to continue to be a place where people can come and be compassionately, graciously cared for and loved in a way that even in the midst of those dark times that you just know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You're walking side by side with, with this dear, wonderful church family. Yes, I know I've been encouraged by our church family when I've had some challenges, difficulties. I know that there's so many others who find that. So I just want to encourage, I I want to make sure that came into this podcast in some fashion. When Mm -hmm. we talk about going from anxious to peaceful, Mm -hmm. there's principles, there's reminders of the truth of the gospel, but those things are not to be disconnected from the immersion in the people of God yes. as part of the body of Christ, because the mediating work of, of, of God's Spirit speaking and, and helping us understand the truth of the gospel and live in that faithfully, it's a team sport. Yes, You can't 
come out of anxious thoughts. You can't come out of a pattern of anxiety alone. Mm-hmm. You need to do it. It's the way. It's the reason why God designed the church the way that He designed the church. So come along that ride with us. We are here for you, and I would love to. And maybe I know there's others. If you need, if you're listening to this and you need to reach out and talk to somebody because you're you do struggle with anxiety a lot. It is such a pervasive thing that chances are there's some listening to this who are. And so reach out or 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 just let us fa- find a way that we can as a church body help. Yes. Because we want to take um you know live in the light in those things and not in the darkness mm-hmm. and recognize how difficult of a world we're living in where we're bombarded with all that stuff. Yeah, and I'd propose that uh fellowship is even a form of a Christian discipline mm. because it takes a choice, it takes intentionality. It's a misnomer. In fact, it's probably even a lie to think I can just live out my Christian faith by reading my Bible, writing my prayer journal, and not interacting with other believers. That's not true. We're yeah. designed to be a body. Now, again, there are different personalities, there are different seasons of life. Yeah. But when we get out of our comfort zone to actually interact, I just mentioned yesterday, Brent, in our weekly meeting together, that it's when to me when I hear anybody in the church, whether it's a 75-year-old or a 40-year-old or even a 10-year-old, mm. share some struggle, not because I'm a nosy Nelly and I need to hear every everything, but it makes me say, wow, I would love to come alongside you and yeah. now I understand you better and now I have a heart for you, yeah. which transcends just this sort of, a, uh, it could be a surface level issue, or whether it's demographic, whether it's personality. Uh, and therefore, when you let your needs be known, of course, it's contextual and it's, it's uh, within restraints. We want to come alongside each other and be the one another. Those one another passages are going to help the peace of God enter our lives through the body. Yeah, exactly. And reminder, I mean, recently we just, we're going through John 17 for Advent. And I love John 17. This is where Jesus has his high, what's typically called his high priestly prayer. Mm -hmm. And he prays to be glorified. He prays for his disciples. And then he prays for all believers who will come to faith through the ministry of these 12 disciples who go out and, uh, well, it's really 11 disciples at that point, but, yes. you know, eventually 12 with Matthias, but uh, that that these, there's going to be fruitful uh, kingdom work happening, and Jesus prays for that reality and the unity. Now, what, what we just learned in that passage, right in the heart of that prayer, mm. is that Jesus prays to the Father, protect them by the power of your name. Mm. He says, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. That's John 17, the end of verse 11. Mm-hmm. And as he, he what's acknowledged there, and I think this helps us to move and, and to be an, a non-anxious presence in an anxious world, is realizing that God is at work in our lives, that by the name that is above every name, mm-hmm. we have this, we have, we have the almighty God over watching over us, yeah. guarding and protecting us, guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Physically, you know, even like emotionally, spiritually, every part of who we are, God in his sovereignty is superintending all of that, even if it doesn't play out how we want, because uh, we might true. get sick or we might, this might happen or we might get discouraged or whatever other things. None of it's by accident in God's design. And it may be really challenging. So we acknowledge all of that. And I really, really do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need you to know this, friends. Jesus prays in his high priestly prayer for, for protection. 
and 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 God is mm. is watching over you. That's right. And like live in the peace of that reality. Not one hair of your head will fall to the ground apart from the will of your heavenly Father. Yeah. And just to make a, a good on on your admonishment, Brent, or should I say your shepherd like pastoral compassion regarding anxiety, I did mention Doug Owen's wife. It did take her about three years to ponder Isaiah twenty six three. Mm. Just this morning. Uh, I, believe it or not, I'm becoming a morning person. And so I read Psalm 143 as part of my devotions. <laughs> and I actually bracketed this. I'm one of those people who write in my Bible. Yep. So I, I read at home I, uh, Psalm 143. Verse 7 jumped out at me. And I'll just read it again. I'll read it for you for the first time. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Mm. And I bracketed that verse. And I said, 2019... To 2023. Yeah. My struggle, Wendy would call it a depression. I would just call it, uh, yeah, maybe it was, not clinically, so I don't want to belittle that, but I'm just going to say I struggled for years with the Lord's will for my career, and that preceded the pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic, in a sense, made it worse. At least it gave me a little dial back, uh, and then I, I went forward, and then 2022 decided to close Jugheads. But I put that just this morning in December 2023 that it took me about four years to have the Lord answer me ultimately. In other words, yeah. he allowed me to struggle. And so let I want the listener to hear me in this because I'm an intense person. I'm also very opinionated and I'm also dropping all these Bible bombs all the time, let alone <laughs> movie references and personal anecdotes. Um, it's not an easy path. <clears throat> But Jesus' yoke is easy yes. by some paradoxical mystery. So you may rest in the Lord, even though he will not take away every symptom of anxiety, he will take away the consequence of anxiety, which is, I would argue, premature death in many cases. It might be uh, fractured and destroyed relationships. When we depend on him, it's not only better, there is that eternal hope, and, and know that it's not simple, but there is the solution, and you said earlier, Brent, it is Jesus, or he is Jesus, the solution, and yet how much yeah. worse would you be if you didn't pray and didn't have fellowship and didn't write in your prayer journal and read the Bible, of course? Uh, so just yeah. there's not a simple solution, and yet there is the trajectory that we all want to be, a Godward life. Yeah, we were just talking about this. Again, I'll come back to that John 17 passage. Yes. If, if you missed that sermon, pick it up on our sermon podcast uh, or on our website, from uh, December tenth, um, but it it when when we talk about this reality, it's really that sense of the long obedience in the same direction. Yes, that was one of the illustrations I used. It comes from a book that's of that title by Eugene Peterson. But uh, this idea of a long obedience in the same direction is part of the non anxious presence because it doesn't mean that's perfect. It doesn't mean I don't have doubts. It doesn't mean that I don't struggle or that I might not get discouraged. But you see, especially friends, if you're not reading devotionally, start in the Psalms. I mean, I, you could start. Mm. You could start in a gospel if you want. You could start in Genesis. But if you're discouraged, yes. read the Psalms. The Psalms—they're just so beautiful. Yes, in in David and a number of other writers articulating the genuine struggles in their hearts, mm -hmm. and they do not hold punches. I no. mean, there's like some serious accusations sometimes, there's yep. struggles, there's, 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 I'll call it depression or distress. Definitely, lamentations. Yeah, the people lamenting, mm -hmm. even the book of Lamentations, <laughs> yeah, but of Jeremiah. But in this sense, in the Psalms, is there's always this coming back to, but I wait upon the Lord. Yes. But I, I, I want to seek the Lord, and yet I trust in the Lord. Yet I called mm -hmm. upon the name of the Lord, and He heard me in he my distress, me, yes. and He answered me. There's this sense of God is not distant; 
He does not, he, he's not aloof to your struggles. He, he, he answers. Yes. And it's over and over again in the Psalms, you see that it's not that he's removing us from these struggles, but the long obedience in the same direction in the Psalms is, I wait upon him. I know he's there. I know that I can trust in the Lord. I call upon his name and, and you know what? He's near. He mm-hmm. answers me. Yeah, in that same Psalm 143 today, I, I don't do this every day, but probably a couple times a week, I'll transcribe either a, a full passage or even a verse, mm. or in this case, I just transcribed uh, what I, I recognized. I said, direct petitions from David to the Lord in Psalm 143. I will not read them all now, but you can look through it. What are the what are the direct things? Like, hear my prayer, give ear to my supplications. It goes all down, answer me, do not enter into judgment with me, answer me speedily, lead me, revive me, cut off my enemies, uh, cause me to hear your loving kindness, cause me to know the way in which I should walk. So you can see that again and again. And that's the King David. Remember, he's the one I opened episode 30 with. He was about 30 when he became king. He reigned for 40 years and he was begging the Lord for help. And so don't think, you could be literally the top of the game or the top of Mount Gerizim, as it were, in in Jerusalem, right? (laughs) Uh, David was no one more powerful than him when he lived on the earth for those 40 years of kingdom. Of course, he he struggled against Absalom and his son and Saul, his predecessor. But if David could do that, and Jesus himself got up early in the morning before it was still dark, kind of like you do, Brent, uh, he had to beg the Lord, please, Lord. I, I don't want to uh, be sacrilegious by implying Jesus begged, but by some mystery, he did have to pray. He had to learn to pray. So how much more do we have to do that? No matter how good we have it at any season yeah. of our life, we're still equally dependent on the Lord from those who are in the pit. Yes. Yeah, there's this sense of um, that persistence and perseverance, if you will, Um that comes through in the Psalms, and you see that uh, in the midst of difficult things, like, okay, we live in this incredibly anxious world. Yes. The vision of how you live in that as a gospel-centered Christian is that you stand on the firm foundation of the truth of the gospel, being a blood-bought child of God, which we've, we, we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But then as you engage in relationships with people, as you endure difficulty, as you see things come your way that you need to try and understand or react to or or be proactive about instead of reacting, mm-hmm. is that we embody this non-anxious presence that is a it's a walk, it's a long obedience in the same direction. It's a it's a it's a persistent trust in God that sometimes we just need to keep keep saying it out loud, letting others within the Christian community encourage and speak some of those words into our lives as they tell us scripture and they remind us of the truth of the word. We, we seek the Lord in prayer, yes. and as David or as the psalmists or as others in Scripture seek the Lord in prayer, they really genuinely cry out with all of their oh might of That's all of right. the difficulties. But oh. what I want to, what I guess what, what I want to make sure is really clear, you mentioned this passage earlier. One of the foundational way that we embody a non-anxious presence is in abiding in Christ. It's being connected to the vine, the mm-hmm. living vine himself, Jesus, that got the gardener, the father, as John 15 says, mm-hmm. he's doing his work in our lives. He's pruning. Yes. He's cutting away the things that are dead. Some of those things are really uncomfortable. Yes. Sometimes it feels like depression or setback. Mm-hmm. And as the father does his gardening work in us, as we're connected to the vine, we can see that abiding is in him is the place that we find the peace. Mm-hmm. And and you mentioned this passage about the yoke. Let me just remind you all of this. This is Matthew 11, verse 29. Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you 
and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm -hmm. If you crave the peace of God, you will only know that through Jesus, whom, as we see in this text, is gentle and humble in heart, that in him alone will you find rest for your soul. And if you find yourself bombarded day by day with all the anxious things in our culture, if you find yourself without rest in your soul, seek Jesus. Seek abiding in him. Enliven your prayer life. Like, start praying again. Yes. Start reading the word. Find ways through Christian community or friendships. Um, find ways to, to, to draw nearer to Christ. That's the only answer to mm-hmm. peace in an anxious age is yes. him. Yeah, and pray at all times. I, I think I referred to this at a previous podcast when I was walking home from Annie's parlor at the University of Minnesota. I, I hated that job. It was a dishwasher. I only lasted two weeks. <laughs> but as I walked across campus as a freshman, lonely as all get out, uh, two years after my mom had died and I didn't have friends yet, I wasn't in university, didn't meet Wendy, um, I just said, Jesus, hold my hand. I was just I was so desperate, crying out, Lord God, I need you. Please hold my hand. And that was even before I really knew I would say the full grace of God and I wasn't in the word and I wasn't in fellowship. But um, that was a little bit of my own angsty disabled by doing. I was walking from a job back to yeah. home and I just need you. I, I, it was almost like a no man's land on the middle of the campus huh. late at night. And uh, that desperate cry out to the Lord is very much like the Psalms. Yes. Like you said, Brent, they're so, don't think of them as trite. Don't think of it. Only Psalm 23, which is eternally significant and deep. It's all the Psalms. Yeah. Read three a day, get through the whole book in a month or read one a day, get through the whole book in uh, three times in a year. It's well, uh, two and a half times in a year. So Psalms are awesome. Awesome. And yeah. uh, before we wrap up in a few minutes, I, yeah. I would like to end with that ironic blessing, which is a great shalom oh, passage. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you, we'll do that in just a second. Yeah. Just as a, to tie this all up, I would say for you listeners, for people as part of our church family, I want us to have a conversation almost as like a whole church yes. of encouraging one another, sharpening one another, having discussions about how can I be a non-anxious presence in this anxious world? Mm. That's the challenging question. That's the question I want to challenge you with at the end of this, because as we seek that goal, Mm -hmm. that we would be a community of faith, a church, a family of believers who in word and deed, in all of the context God places us, that we are a non-anxious presence mm-hmm. in an anxious world. Wow, will we point people to Jesus? Yes, and and just to put another fine point on that, it doesn't mean uh, monolithic personalities. Peace does not mean necessarily uh, wordlessness or or being uh, really dull or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, in other words, you can be energetic and still have a peace, but it's that presence to have that person in front of you know that he or she is is uh, an image bearer, and if you know Christ, you're also a Christ bearer or a blood-bought child of God, as Brent said. I love that phrase, too. And we need to be that for each other and see, as it says in Philippians 2, consider others more important than yourself because we never know how we can represent Christ to them, and he gave his life for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, go for it with the blessing. I love that. little background about this. When Wendy and I were young marrieds at Bethlehem, uh, Pastor John Piper would often end many, many times the sermon uh, or the, the service with this benediction. And one of my traditions is to put my armor on Wendy when I'll get choked about this, mm. um, because this is essentially reflects the Trinity. Okay, mm. we're talking 
I, um, Numbers 6, 24 to 26, yeah. and it's, it's the Trinity. It is uh, amazing. So it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. Mm. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom, his peace. And so as you reflect on the peace of God in the Prince of Peace, he himself is our peace in this Advent season, please fix your eyes on Jesus regardless of circumstances. Happiness is temporal. Joy is deep. Uh, anxiety is an enemy, and we need to get to that peace that passes all understanding only in Christ Jesus. We commend that to you, and let's be the church together to reinforce the peace of Christ. Amen. This is Roots and Branches wrapping up episode 31. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your encouragement. We also appreciate existing for such a time as this in Hastings, Minnesota. This is Paul Arnberg with Pastor Brent Cumberland signing off. <laughs>